0: you're now listening to the boys in the booth podcast with your hosts harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every
1: monday on spotify and apple podcasts Good evening and welcome to episode 80 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne and Casey Abrams, as you heard in the intro from our good friend, Mike Reed. Uh, we are talking to each other post trade deadline on uh, Monday, April 12th. And uh, guys, how you doing? Well,
2: Harp, I am still kind of recovering emotionally after watching two of my favorite players to watch over the last five years. One of them after, over the last 15 years just up and lead my team to go to a rival in Long Island. So that one hurt a little bit, but we're still here.
3: Yeah, I was hoping Zajac would go to Toronto, honestly. It was never like reported or anything, but like I just know he's a good heart and soul player. and I know you like him too, so at least we'd have that in common if he came over, but... I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good, man. I'm a little bit stressed out, just like generally, uh, moving to Toronto tomorrow, trying to get everything together. Uh, you could probably hear the echo a bit in my room because it's empty right now. It's everything's cleared out. Um, and so yeah just stressed a bit in general about that but it's all good it's all good stuff it's a good kind of stress um but then also about the leaves like that was also a bit stressful today and yesterday but also really good and i'm very happy and excited to talk about the trade deadline move so heart before we get into it how are you doing dude
1: i'm good and uh as you guys know uh i did absolutely nothing today well not absolutely nothing but uh i i was working on uh some uh, of our uh, nhl custom rosters we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode some changes that needed to be made uh to those obviously uh with the trade deadline and everything but uh today was just all about the deadline and research and uh watching press conferences and just uh consuming all of the trade action in uh from today. So uh it was a great day and uh let's get into it here boys. So um all right, so we're going to go over uh the seven or eight big moves uh, leading up to the NHL trade deadline and then a couple that happened uh on the actual day. Uh one winner and one loser each. We'll go into that as well. Uh we'll talk a little bit about our NHL 21 custom rosters update. Uh, by the way, Our new summer merch is available over at boysandbooth.com. And uh, we've got a special guest joining us later on in the episode. Uh, We will leave that uh, for a little later on uh, as a surprise. So uh, let's get right into it now, boys. And uh, we'll start with the deals leading up to the deadline. Flowers are blooming, the grass is
3: growing, and it's time to chop those weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped is the global leader in men's below the waist grooming, and they have an exclusive offer for our audience only. Use the code BITV20 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the 2 million other men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure you're trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it is time for some spring cleaning. Spring has sprung and Manscaped has the best tools for the job to get you ready. I know I'll be using my Manscaped lawnmower 3.0 this spring. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing products. They're here to help you with your above the waist tools too. Have you heard of the Weed Whacker? The nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary, skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs on those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9000 RPM motor powered by a 360 degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence when providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Reserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and so it's crucial to keep your balls from sticking to your leg. BSTL is the legit worst thing ever. You'll also find the Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there. Just like spring flowers and speaking of smelling fresh complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by manscaped this stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty the clone is light approachable and gentlemanly in all the right ways you'll be the talk of the next quarantine hang do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job get 20 off plus free shipping with the code bitb20 at manscaped.com again that's 20 off plus free shipping with the code at manscaped dot com b i t b twenty just use that at checkout it's spring cleaning baby and your balls will thank you
1: obviously the first one case you alluded to <clears throat> it a little bit uh, without giving it away uh, and that is the New York Islanders and New Jersey Devils trade so the Islanders acquiring Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajak both big pieces of that Devils team for a long time both. retained uh, by the Devils uh, from uh, New Jersey. Uh, The Islanders get those two players Uh, for AJ Greer, Mason Jost, couple of minor leaguers, a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 fourth rounder. So Casey, we will go to you first, my friend, you being a Devils guy, uh, your reaction and thoughts uh, to this trade.
2: You know, we kind of knew that Kyle Palmieri was going to be out the door leading up to the deadline. He's on a, expiring contract he wants to win and it was kind of alluded to multiple times so i wasn't surprised there you got to be happy for him he's going back to his hometown or home island and uh he's a guy that can make a big impact i think what we got in return for the two guys is pretty decent considering they're both rentals and one of them is 35 years old the first round pick i'll take that any day even if it's going to be the 31st pick um but yeah I, i gotta say like this one really hurts me like. Travis Ajak I've been watching him for 15 years now uh, he just became the fourth player uh, in Devils history to play a thousand games with the Devils this year uh, so it is sad to see him go you, you kind of want him around guys in the locker room especially when your team is now at the average age of 24 years old. But I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the return. And now I'm kind of hoping for the Islanders to win the cup, considering they have Zay Jack, Andy Green, Corey Schneider, and now Ken Appleby. People are starting to call them the Devlanders.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my thoughts on the trade, like Kyle Palmieri having a down year, but that guy can score. He's got a lethal shot. Like we know this. And going to a team like the Islanders who kind of lack that, you know guy who can just stand there and shoot the puck like if, if he can plan a line with barzell i don't know where he's going to fit into the lineup but that would just be phenomenal to have barzell passing him the puck to to score and then zajac a nice a nice depth piece you know like a third or fourth liner depending what they want to do like we always talk about the islanders they have the highest paid bottom six in the nhl i mean vancouver's trying to take a run at that number but uh, but yeah I, I i like the deal it does kind of suck case you see one of your favorite players go but i I mean the islanders are an absolute wagon now with these two pieces and uh, you've got to be at least happy with the return you know guys on expiring deals guys who are old like it is what it is right two teams in different situations one is competing for a cup and the other is going through a rebuild
2: so and and talk about two guys that fit the system so well there in in the island and and again Lou Lamorello let's talk more about the devils being in the island so yeah really
1: that's true (laughs) And uh, how great does Paul Mary look with the clean shave? He's all fresh, ready to go on the island. He looks fantastic there, Case. I'm sorry to say.
2: Said it was uh, the first razor he's bought since college. That's
3: funny. <laughs> the the guys, the, everyone jokes that he's like the hairiest player in the NHL. So that's kind
2: of funny that he had yeah, Connor Connor Carrick tweeted, I'm surprised Lou didn't make him shave those caterpillar
1: eyebrows or yeah, something. Yeah, like
3: true. I saw that. that was funny. <laughs>
1: That was uh, that was great. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next deal here on our list, and uh, that's uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning acquiring defenseman David Savard and uh, defenseman Brian Lashoff as well. This was a three-team deal, so it's a 2021 first and a 2022 third-round pick going to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and uh, Detroit getting a 2021 fourth uh, out of this deal as well. Uh, Chad, you and I were on the golf course. We were golfing at Cedar Valley uh, when, uh, when we found out that this trade uh, had broke. Savar going to the Lightning. They are obviously all in for uh, a second run at the Stanley Cup. Uh, we'll go to you first, uh, my friend. W- what do you make of this deal? Yeah, so you're
3: right. We were on the course. I think we were through nine and I was about three under at that point. But uh, yeah, just anyways, not talking about the golf course. That's a joke, by the way. I'm a terrible golfer. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's clearly an overpayment if you think about it. But then again, like so were their trades last year to get Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman. Both overpayments. This is also an overpayment. But you know what? They got the player that they wanted in David Savard. They have an absolute Gary, top six defense core, and it's a perfect fit for this team. This is exactly what they needed, overpayment or not. David Savard was the best player on the market um, in, in terms of defensemen because I think Matias Eckholm, you know, Nashville kind of went out and said, okay, we're playing better. We're not going to move him. We think we can still do something with this team here. So David Savard was the guy, and Tampa Bay got him. They had to pay the price for it, but I have no problem with this move at all for Tampa Bay. And uh, talking about the Lightning, they're going to have like a $90 million salary cap team. No, like $98 million I I looked at the other day come playoff time. And David Savard just adds to that. So it's just crazy how... They were able to get Detroit involved to retain. That's a, a little former connection there with Stevie. Why? Because of course, why wouldn't he do them a favor? And the lightning are poised to go back to back after this move. They are the best team in the league, at least on paper. And one of the best teams statistically right now. So I love this move for Tampa Bay. And I just think it's a bit unfair if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> in case, your
2: thoughts <laughs> at all that this happened. Really? Like, look at them last year the big splashes that they made they got some you know forward depth that ultimately won them the cup as well as they got like bogosian on the back end so they're always making splashes and it worked last time so why not do it again uh you know they they shored up the position that they needed to shore up and Here they are, freakishly scary once again. And honestly, I don't know if it's that big of an overpay considering how sought after Savard was leading up to the trade deadline, you know, like supply and demand on this one. So I think it's a good move. They also picked up like Frederick Clayson or something like that, like another depth defenseman. So this team is just looking the same as they were last year and ready to win another cup. Think about their top five defensemen right now. You've got on the
3: left side, Hedman, mcdonough sergachev and then on the right side you've got chernak and now savard as your top five and then that sixth spot on the right side that can sort of flip-flop whatever they want to do but that is lethal i can't believe it i mean i can because it's tampa bay but it's crazy yeah 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 And he also yeah.
1: plays above his skill level every time the playoffs start savard mm-hmm. so here he is That's just a guy that's made for playoff hockey. Like, he's just a big bruiser back there, logs a ton of minutes, and he's going to fit in so well on an already lethal back end, Chad, as you alluded to. So not surprised at all that Tampa Bay makes this deal. And uh, yeah, yet again, they could could win the Stanley Cup for a second year in a row. We will move on to... Chad's Toronto Maple Leafs now. They acquired uh, Nick Foligno from Columbus for a 2021 first and a 2022 fourth round pick. Um, So Columbus continues to sell off uh, uh, heading into the trade deadline. And then uh, there was also a third team involved in this, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, So to get them to retain uh, some salary, um, they are, or sorry, uh, yes, San Jose gets a fourth round pick for uh, for Stefan Mason. Um might have mixed that up a little bit there. But anyways, so um yeah Toronto gets Nick Felino. And uh Chad, we'll go back to you first with uh with your reaction to this, your thoughts. Um th- this is the player that you wanted and I think many leaf fans uh, out there wanted as well.
3: Yeah so again Harp going back to that round we played at Cedar Valley we were talking about this too and I said at the very top of my list for players I would love the Leafs to acquire is Nick Foligno. And I would be lying if I said that I wasn't a little bit disappointed that the Leafs didn't make a bigger push for Taylor Hall. I just don't think the money quite was there. It quite worked. Maybe they couldn't find a third team to retain because like, first of all, I think that's crazy that third teams are getting involved to retain. But like, I think that's going to be the new normal, especially in this, you know, this new flat cap where teams just need it to fit in. So first of all, that's crazy. But yeah, Nick Felino, I'm extremely happy to get this this player as a Leafs fan, because he's a guy similar to to a Zach Hyman, which the Leafs don't really have. And what I mean by that is it's a guy who can forecheck like crazy. His forechecking stats are, are really good. Um, he's a guy who can play up and down the lineup. If you need him to play in the top six, that's perfect. He can play in the second line with Tavares and Nylander, or he can play more of a shutdown role and a physical role on a, on a shutdown third line or something too. If you need Nick Felino to do that, can also kill penalties. He can also be a net front presence, uh, for the Leafs on the second power play. Again, if they need that or feel that, you know, he would thrive in that position. He's not a guy you get to give you points because I think he had 73 points one year, but that was four or five years ago. Now he's, he's a 35 point guy, let's say, um, now, which is, Okay, but you've got to think, first of all, that production is going to go up a little bit playing with some really good players on the Leafs. And secondly, he brings a lot more than just points, like maybe what a Taylor Hall would do. He brings those intangibles, he brings all of the playing situations that I just mentioned. So, really, like, I don't see any downside to this other than the fact that I think it was a bit of an overpayment for a first round pick. But at the same time, just like I said for Tampa Bay, They got the player that they wanted, and if the market was set, the market was set, and they just had to pay for it. So at the end of the day, if this makes the team better, which I think it definitely does, I cannot find any bone in my body that is upset about this trade. Yeah, you know...
2: there's not much else to be said there uh it's kind of exactly what the doctor ordered in Toronto you know this is the player that you need up and down the lineup size grit leadership everything you want going into the playoffs and you know I think it was pretty good because uh I mean part of my crudeness but I think that the GM there Dubas was giving the the Maple Leafs fans a little bit of blue balls when they got Riley Nash from Columbus a few days before yeah you know everyone was kind of hoping for Nick Foligno and then you hear Riley Nash and it's like okay the like the poor man's nick Felino, riley nash like i'm pretty yeah. excited i guess and then boom they get both and it's like wow well, this team got a little scarier in the bottom six like pretty tough pretty big pretty mean so you know you always hear the toronto maple east fans oh we need a gritty guy we need a tough guy like why here are we you so go. soft in the playoffs well here you go this is exactly what you needed i agree though um definitely an overpay that's a that's a lot to send to columbus um and i bet you they're like their chops right now but yeah yeah I mean, like I said,
3: the overpayment, yes, compared especially to when you see Taylor Hall goes for a second. That's just it's crazy to think about it like that. But like I said, at the end of the day, like they made the money work. They had another team involved and it just kind of everything fell into place. They got the player they wanted. And I'm beyond excited. And for people, for Leafs fans who are disappointed about not getting a a scorer in the top six, you're going to love this guy. You are going to love Nick Felino. Like I said, the four checking, that's what you're going to notice right away. Like he is a, he's a strong player on the puck and he's going to be a great leaf. His dad played for the Leafs too, little connection, wore number 71 for the Leafs, him and David Clarkson, the only ones to wear number 71. Uh, so I think Nick Felino will also wear number 71, not confirmed, but that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, just overall, I, I'm ecstatic about, about this trade.
1: Uh, you you both said everything that needed to be said about this trade so uh, we'll just move on to the next one and uh, another guy who is going to be wearing number 71 with his new team is taylor hall with the boston bruins Uh, so he goes from buffalo uh, to boston along with curtis lazar uh, for anders bjork and a 2021 Second round pick, so before I uh, give my thoughts on this trade, obviously, uh, Casey, I will go to you first, Hall, uh, a former New Jersey devil, a former heart trophy winner who has struggled this season with the sabers did i mean it's just it's been terrible there this year. Uh, your thoughts on this deal that went down uh, uh, before the deadline
2: yeah, you know <laughs> looking a year and a half ago, like oh, what a difference can happen like. The Devils traded Taylor Hall, and now that we know this in hindsight, they traded him for Nick Merkley, Kevin Ball, Nate Schnarr, Dawson Mercer, and now Jonas Siegenthaler. That was the trade for Taylor Hall, realistically. Mm-hmm. So to to see that return, and then two or a year and a half later, you're getting a second round pick and, and Andreas or Bur- Bjork. Can't say his name, but definitely <laughs> like the player. I think he's a pretty good young, like gritty guy who can put the puck in the net every once in a while just from watching him in Boston. But um, yeah, a, a second round pick feels pretty low for Taylor Hall, but I think that's kind of what everyone was expecting leading up to this. The only thing that I have a hard time with is seeing what some of the other guys in the league were going for. And then Taylor Hall gets a second round pick. That one's a little confusing to me. So I think Boston's going to be really happy. And I know that I've already had a couple of Boston fans reach out to me just blown away that, that they were able to get him for this. I just I just can't believe
3: it. It's insane to me to think that the Bruins can add to their already lethal offense with a guy like Taylor Hall for just a second-round pick. And they also get the depth of Curtis Lazar, too, who is, like, that's not a knock at Lazar. Like, he's a good player to be involved in this trade. Like, I think he was more of a significant piece than we might be thinking because, like, that's Boston hockey. Like, they need the players, they need the depth, and, and he adds to that, too. So, Taylor Hall, for a second, it's just unbelievable that that team is going to be good. Um, when, when we talked about them at the start of the season, I didn't think they'd be that good. They're still, I think, hovering around fourth place, maybe making the playoffs. But I think this pushes them over the edge. They're going to be another good playoff team. They're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs. So Taylor Hall, I will say this. Is, he's not the player that he was when he won the Hart Trophy, obviously. But he's also much better than the player we saw this year who has two goals through like 30 whatever games with the Sabres. So you're going to get a Taylor Hall in between there. And I think no matter where on that spectrum, you're getting a pretty good damn player for a second round pick. Yeah, for sure.
2: Talk about like a great second line player on this team now. Yeah. And they really needed to follow up with this trade because they may have made the worst trade in the whole thing uh, day earlier. Spending a third round pick on Mike Riley. Like,
0: yeah. What?
3: Well y- y- you was know, what? Mind-blowing to me. you know what, I like I wasn't worried about that trade because Montour went the day before, or maybe it was the same day, for a third round pick as well. And it's like, who would you rather have Montour or Riley? Like I think they're comparable. So I think that kind of set the market. I don't know.
2: I'd take Montour one hundred times out of one hundred and that
1: that's yeah. I, it's it's interesting you mentioned that too case personally i i mean I, I think it's a good deal for boston giving up a third for riley riley was having a very good season with the ottawa senators 19 assists that's a career high for him um so i have no problem with that he's also but like on- a minus 28 or something like that like
2: he he's getting points but he's maybe the worst defender on the ottawa senators and you're spending a third round pick let's talk about other third round picks that dished out especially twenty-two uh third round picks let's talk about dmitry kulakov let's talk about david riddick like there's some good players you're getting for a third round pick and then you get mike riley who's like you know one of the worst defensemen's on the ottawa senator like that's
3: But at the same time, it's a need for the team, right? Like they don't have great defensive depth in Boston we've talked about that before like after their losses this year you know with Chara going out the window and Krug like they don't have great depth so this is a move that like personally I really like and maybe he's not quite worth a third but I think a fourth for sure and he's right in and around that rage so if you want the player maybe overpay a bit I don't mind Mike Riley I was actually hoping that the Leafs would take a flyer on him you know just
2: get maybe like a, a fourth or something at him but You guys haven't watched enough Sens games. Like, I would take Braden Colbert, who went for a seventh-round pick over Mike Riley.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I guess personal preference, team fit, all of that, things to consider. But,
1: yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, let's uh, I just want to get back to the uh, the Taylor Hall trade for a second and then we'll move on. So, um, you know, just to kind of give my thoughts on it. And, and I think the the part that kind of stings for me as a, as a Buffalo fan is the fact that Curtis Lazar was included in this deal, um, you know, to to fetch the, the second rounder and and Anders Bjork and the Sabres retained 50 percent of of Hall's salary um on top of it and you know lazar was just one of those kind of uh, heart and soul guys really popular in the dressing room he has another year left at eight hundred thousand dollars a really good cap hit too i figured yeah. that uh you know he'd be around and and kind of uh be a part of the solution moving forward you know and i just kind of yeah. wondered like would 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 a Tobias Reader or a Cody Eakin included in this deal, for example, not be able to get it done? But I mean, Boston obviously uh, wanted uh, Curtis Lazar, and and like you said, Case, he he plays uh, that Boston Bruins hockey, and um, it's uh, it's funny. I saw John Vogel of the Athletic. He tweeted out that uh, Curtis Lazar is going to wear number twenty for the Boston Bruins, and uh, that's the number that Dan Paie wore uh, for Boston during their past playoff runs. And he's literally another Dan Pye for Boston. So he's going to fit in really well there. It's, it's too bad to see him go. And, uh, the Sabres, they, uh, they sold low on, on Taylor hall. That's for sure. He really struggled two goals. And so anyway, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Any, any last thoughts on this? My question
2: is how is Jeff Skinner going to score now without Curtis Lazar?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. Well, uh Chad, you will like this that I'm saying this. Now, there is no excuse not to put Jeff Skinner in the top 6. Well, on yet, you're Sabres. you're
3: running out of players. You don't really have many <laughs> left. So, yeah, he has to play because he's a body. Um what I have to say about this trade before we before we wrap up, and move on to the next one is that the Sabers here like you can you can say all you want about you know, they didn't get enough value because I think we all agree that it's they probably could have gotten something more for Taylor Hall. Like it's Taylor fucking Hall. You know what I mean? Second round pick. Like, yeah, it's still not bad. But Kevin Adams should have probably gotten a first. What I'll say is that he, they were kind of handcuffed. Like, what can you really do? Everybody knew that Taylor Hall wanted to leave. They had zero leverage in this deal. He's a UFA. Like the only leverage they had, I guess, was the fact that. He was under contract with the Sabres and that they could retain um, and maybe that increases the value a bit. But they were just handcuffed, man. So it's kind of it's kind of tough to to put it all on Kevin Adams and company and say, you know, they should have got more because, yes, I do agree. But at the same time, like I said, they're kind of in a position where they couldn't really do much.
1: I I agree with that, and, uh, you know, I I obviously, I I saw the trade happen, uh, you know, woke up to it, Uh, it it happened late last night, and, uh, um, you know, was obviously... uh, not too thrilled with the return but uh, but yeah, it just the Sabres and, and Kevin Adams were definitely handcuffed here, like you said, Chad, the player in the situation had all the leverage, he waived his no-move clause to go to the Boston Bruins, he made it very clear that he wanted to be a Bruin, and uh, just a little bit on Anders Bjork I mean, he's uh, he's got two more years left at a good cap hit, 1.6 million and I think, uh, you know a, a, a 24-year-old winger who who uh, just needs a fresh start. And uh, I didn't know this, but um, Don Granado knows him from USA Hockey. And... Uh, he was a teammate of Jack Eichel's uh, back in 2013 with uh, the U.S. National Development Program. So, anyways, it's another young player uh, added into the Saber system, and uh, we will we will see how it plays out. I think they've got 10 picks now in the upcoming draft, so uh, uh, that is good for for the franchise so um anyways uh we will move on to uh this deal now so uh to the uh the pittsburgh penguins who have really turned it around under uh the new regime of brian burke and ron hextall and they acquire a player that hextall knows very well jeff carter Goes to Pittsburgh from the LA Kings for a conditional uh, 2020 third rounder and a conditional 2023 fourth round pick. Well, guys, uh, here we go again with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've been able to turn things around. Um, Brian Burke said that uh, you know, going into his job as president of hockey ops, that you know, look, we have work to do. We're we're capped out and we don't have many picks. Well. They give uh, a couple of picks to the LA Kings for, for Jeff Carter here. And clearly, um, the, uh, the new regime in Pittsburgh and ownership and, and the team, they, uh, they want to try and go on another, one, uh, another run. Excuse me. So, uh, what do we make of this deal? Uh, Chad, we'll, we'll go to you first. Well, it's the
3: Pittsburgh Flyers at this point. You want to talk about the New York Devils or whatever you said earlier, Case, because you've got Ron Hextall and then obviously Jeff Carter now. So there you go. But, uh, I don't really know about this trade. I have not watched Jeff Carter play a game in, in like years. I Like, is he still good? I don't know. So I guess we'll have to see how he fits into this team. Again, this is another GM in, in this group here. I, Hextall and, and Berkey together, I guess you could say, this new management group that are kind of handcuffed because you're right, Harp. You said they don't have the picks. Um, they still have two of the best players in the NHL. I guess you can still put them into that category in Crosby and and Malkin. And they've also got Gensel. And, you know, their goalies have been better since we made that episode about them. They probably listened to it. That's why. But they've got this group who, like, they have to compete now or else. And so that kind of handcuffed the GM in in Ron Hextall a bit. So I guess this move makes sense. But like I said off the top, like I don't even know, like if jeff carter is still a good player so maybe you guys know more about it watch more la games you could
2: you could fill me in well personally i'm a little skeptical about how much they spent on jeff carter 19 points in 40 games with la is pretty decent for a 36 year old but you know i'm a little afraid to say too much about this trade because uh i still have a fever dream every once in a while and and let me set the stage for you um I, i find myself in the rink in the 2012 Stanley Cup Finals, and I watched Steve Bernier take Rob Scuderi from behind into the boards and get a five-minute penalty, and then a man named Jeff Carter comes out and scores a hat trick on that penalty, ending the Devil's Cup run and winning the cup for the LA Kings. So I am terrified to say anything negative about Jeff Carter right now. So (laughs) good trade, good
3: trade. Pittsburgh. Best hold your tongue, I guess. eh? That's funny. (laughs) Harp, what are your thoughts on this trade, man? I wasn't sure what to make of it, if I'm being completely honest.
1: You know what? Uh, I think Case kind of said it right there. Like, uh, I mean, by the way, great memory, great little uh, uh, plug on just you know Jeff Carter. I mean, he's he's an a, a, an accomplished veteran in the league and has had a ton of uh, of success in, in Philly and LA. But uh, you know, I, I think maybe a third round pick could have got this done. And and Carter will come in and and be a uh, a third line center on the Penguins. Uh, that's that's expected. That's kind of what they were looking for. And um, I I think it was uh, Jeff Merrick who mentioned, you know, maybe a guy like Cody Eakin as a fit for for Pittsburgh. So they were they were definitely looking for a third line center. That was their goal. And uh, yeah, I I don't know what else to say. It's uh, it's, um, you know, it a chance for Carter to uh, to play some playoff hockey. I don't necessarily see Pittsburgh going on another run, but uh, they're clearly going to try under the new regime. And uh, Carter is experienced, and he's got that uh, that high character, those leadership qualities like a Nick Foligno that we talked about earlier. And so um, maybe a bit much by Pittsburgh, but uh, definitely will will fit well in a bottom six role on this team, I think yeah for sure all right so uh that is uh all of the big deals um uh leading up to the nhl trade deadline and uh we've got three more here that happened on deadline day and uh you know it was mostly quiet i think you know maybe uh 14 15 16 trades and 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 you know that that sounds like a lot and it is but Um, there were a lot of of minor deals as you guys saw uh, right and um, for for our listeners as well you can head over to tsn.ca check out the trade tracker there to get caught up on all the trades Uh, but yeah here we go three big deals on deadline day and we'll start with uh, another contending team making a move and uh, this is uh, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights they acquired Matthias Janmark and a fifth round pick in 2022 from the chicago blackhawks for a 2021 second rounder and a third in 2022 case i really like this deal for both sides but in particular for the vegas Golden knights they're clearly a contender yanmark 10 goals 19 points having a very good season what are your thoughts on this trade
2: yeah we've seen yanmark kind of put it all together this year with uh when playing with Patty Kane and, and Deprinka and I've really enjoyed watching him play there in Chicago and you know I think Chicago even though they've had a surprisingly good season starting to realize that it's time for the rebuild so I think both teams kind of win in this deal in the end and it's the exact type of player you expect to be on the Vegas Golden Knights so Yeah
3: 100% I had the same reaction like I saw this trade and I thought to myself yeah makes sense Vegas is a wagon like that's it is what it is like they're going to be good I think it works for both sides yeah Mark's having a great year might as well capitalize on that sell a bit high maybe even and uh, Vegas gets a hell of a player so yeah I think it's it's a good deal for both sides and
1: like I said Vegas is going to be scary in the playoffs like always Mm-hmm. Vegas just has a bunch of these guys in their bottom six who are just super underrated and super tough to play against and yeah you can go ahead and, and add Yanmar uh, to that list and uh, I was watching uh, them and in, in, in Arizona uh, the other night and Thomas Noshik was the one who who got the late third period goal to put them up one nothing, and then they eventually won the hockey game and look at guys like him and Will Carrier, Ryan Reeves, obviously just guys in the bottom six, really hard to play against. And now they add Matthias Janmark into that mix. So a great move uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, who definitely could could win their first Stanley Cup in franchise history this year. So um, we'll move on to uh, another big deal from deadline day. So Sam Bennett, it was rumored that uh, he wanted out of Calgary. He uh, wasn't really fitting in there, wanted a change of scenery. Uh, The coaching change happens. Uh, Jeff Ward goes out. Daryl Sutter goes in and uh, looked like Bennett was kind of getting his confidence back, getting his uh, established role back on the Calgary Flames. Um, But it didn't last very long. And uh, the Flames have definitely struggled and uh, have really slipped out of the playoff race in the North Division here. Uh, so this is after dealing David Riddick to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a third round pick, of course. Uh, they send Sam Bennett and a 2022 sixth rounder to the Florida Panthers uh, for a prospect, uh Heineman, uh, and a 2022 second rounder. This is great return for the Calgary Flames. Uh Chad, we'll get your thoughts on uh, on this deal. Sam Bennett going to Florida
3: first of all i don't think sam bennett is worth a second round pick and i guess you throw in the other pick and the prospect it kind of you know like evens it out a bit but i think it's great return for calgary clearly they've wanted to trade this player for a long time the last two or three deadlines his name has came up as a guy who might want out of calgary and you know here we go we get to see sam bennett on a different team probably we'll play some more minutes and we'll see what he can do you know like he he had a really good playoff last year for for the flames or it was either last year or two years ago that he really broke out and and you kind of thought to yourself okay who is this player like who is sam bennett but he's been very average in the regular season always and so we'll see florida is going to be good surprisingly um to most people to me for sure at the start of the year not to casey shut up don't want to hear it but uh but yeah, so so we'll see i I'm excited to see this. I, I'm kind of surprised still that Florida is doing so well, but they're all in. they're stocked up and uh, and they're ready to play. so yeah, I, I think it's a good deal. I think it's a great return for Calgary, especially given the fact that the player wanted out and that the team has been actively shopping him for like two years
2: so yeah, and so this trade is the type of trade that i talk about where you don't want to get into comparisons on the trade deadline because let's bring it back to the taylor hall trade yeah <laughs> like yeah actually calgary got two second round picks for sam bennett and a sixth whereas buffalo got one second round pick for taylor hall and curtis lazar yeah. like this is that's kind of crazy to me when <laughs> you're doing the comparisons like heineman was a second round pick last year so let's call him a second yep. round. yeah call spade a spade so two second round picks for Sam Bennett in a sixth compared to Taylor Hall's trade, just mind blowing. Like, I think that's an overpay again, but you know, Florida is showing up, showing that they're the real deal. They're showing their players that they're committed to them and that they want to make a push here. Finally, you've heard the players say that before that they don't think that their team's serious enough about winning. Well, here you go. They're getting a role player. That's going to play well in the playoffs for them and play that type of role that they need. So Everyone's spending high, but it's for for the right reasons. And again, you, you bring the comparisons into this, and I think that this trade is crazy compared to Taylor Hall's.
1: Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's sorry, Chad. It, uh, just to jump in here, it's a good point. Case and you know, I just looked up uh, Anders Bjork when he was drafted, and so when you factor in uh, uh, the comparison, like you said, um, yeah, Calgary gets uh, two second rounders essentially, and uh, uh, Buffalo gets a second and a fifth rounder. Uh, Bjork was drafted in the fifth round back in 2014 yeah. by the Bruins. I forgot to
2: mention him, yeah, but
1: that's, yeah, that's for. Really big for hall and and lazar so there you go not good to make comparisons but uh it's a bit of an ugly one that's for sure well
3: just it just going back to the deal itself like the overpayment again we've said multiple times like if the player is the right fit and i don't think there was a bidding war but maybe that could come into play and but if you really want the player and you're Florida and you want to send a message to your players like Case was saying that like, hey, like we're all in. We we know you guys are playing well. We're going to reward you with some upgrades like you have to overspend. That's just kind of how it works. And so they definitely did. It was an overpayment, but so was the Nick Felino trade and so was the David Savard trade and, and a few others. So it is what it is. You know, they got their player. And now let's see what the Florida Panthers can do.
1: Let's uh, let's get into another overpayment, and this is by far the biggest deal of the day, gentlemen. And uh, that is with the Washington Capitals and the Detroit Red Wings to wrap up uh, the biggest deals on on deadline day. So uh, this is one of those deals that. And and we see these every year, that that one deal on deadline day that just knocks your socks off and comes out of nowhere. And this is it to a T. So Washington acquires Anthony Mantha from Detroit, who's in year one of a four year deal, uh, had been in the rumors uh, for for a, a little while with Detroit where they're at. Uh, so Mantha goes to Washington for Jakob Vrana richard ponick a first in this year's draft and a second in next year's draft um case but before we get to you on this we'll go to chad first uh this is a blockbuster deal chad and uh what are your thoughts on this wow that's all i can say is wow
3: yeah you you look at this deal and it is grossly lopsided and that's not a knock at you know, Anthony Mantha, I think he's a really good player, but I also think that Jacob Vrana is a really good player as well. And then you add a first and a second. This is just ridiculous. Talk about one of the best, if not the best, general manager in the league and Stevie Iserman. This is crazy. The return for a player who. Like, it's not like they were actively shopping Mantha, and it's not like they needed to get rid of him either. Maybe he just got a call and thought, okay, how how much interest can I drum up? What player can I get in return? Like, I think they made out, like, gangbusters in Detroit, and this deal is an absolute steal for this team. Case, thoughts?
2: Stevie Y is a wizard. God. That's it. Simple. <laughs> like, this is this trade is so confusing to me you know I, yeah. I was trying to make some excuses when i first saw it i was like okay well they put up similar production maybe maybe it's because they play a, a different style of game well i don't think that the washington capitals need to get any bigger and heavier that's what that team is so they pull in a six foot five 235 pound anthony mantha ship out one of their fastest players in verona and a pa- panic or Ponic, rather. He is just like such a great character guy who's played well for them in the past. And then I'm like, okay, maybe it's a, a salary thing. Like, oh, Vrana's on a uh, contract that's done at the end of this year. Maybe they wouldn't be able to sign him. Well, you're bringing in Mantha, who makes 5.7, and you're se- selling Ponic, who's 2.5. You- you're telling me that you can't get Vrana for around $6 million next year you know, yeah. on a contract? So that one's a little confusing to me. And, and then I, I just look at this trade and I say to myself, I'd make the argument that I don't know if I would have traded Vrana for Anthony Mantha one for one. One for one, eh? I don't know if I would have done that. Maybe I would have. like, And I don't know. I, I, I would assume that if that trade were to happen just from looking at this, like a trade that makes sense to me is Vrana and a third for Anthony Mantha. And now we're throwing in Ponic, we're throwing in a first, and we're throwing in a second. Oh it's just God. mind-blowing. Vrano was my favorite player on the Capitals. I think he's so good. So, you know, I hope... Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. <laughs> yeah, Siri, Siri chime in. Siri's mind blown as well. No, I was hoping, <laughs> you know, maybe we're going to see a pretty sweet connection with uh, Philip Zadina and Vrana, I guess. But that's the only thing good coming out of this trade. Like, Do you guys know offhand what the age
3: difference is between Vrana and Mantha because maybe that was a factor? Mantha's 26 and Vrana is 25. So it's not. So so like, I just don't know. Like, I, I think Mantha's probably better defensively than Vrana, but Vrana is faster and he, like plays a style that, like you said, Case, like Washington needs. So I did not get this trade at all. And I, I agree, man. Like, I think it could be vrana and maybe a third maybe a second but vrana a first a second and Ponic, that is
2: just crazy
3: harper what what are your thoughts on all all sorry quick what's really
2: gonna hurt is when stevie y drafts Braden Point and you know whoever sorelli with these picks like (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) yeah they're younger brothers with these picks (laughs) yeah Um, well, look, I, like, it is an absolute haul for Anthony Mantha and look at Mantha, great player. Like I just, I'm thinking of, you know, could we see a line with him and, and Tom Wilson, uh, together? I don't know. I mean, that that's crazy, but, um, he's a big body who can shoot the puck. Uh, and I think Washington, both teams, I think, just kind of wanted to change their their mix a little bit. But I, I agree with, with you boys. Like, Washington should not have, have given up this much. And the thing with Ponick, like, he's got that $2.5 million cap hit. He wasn't really producing uh, for that money. So, yeah, you throw in an extra pick, like maybe a third or a fourth or something for Detroit to take on that player, but you don't need to throw in a first on top of it as well, or a second for that matter, like Jacob Vrana is a very good player. Um, We were kind of my brother's a Caps fan, obviously, and we were kind of wondering what was going on with Vrana. He had been a healthy scratch, believe it or not, the last couple of games. So uh, maybe a bit of a disconnect between him and Peter Laviolette. I think, guys, another factor here is that the Capitals won in 2018. That seems a long time ago now, especially for them. I'm sure they still feel that they're in their window. They've had two first round exits two years in a row and i think they're just trying to change up their mix a little bit but absolutely they give up a haul to stevie y genius and and the detroit red wings in this trade no question
3: yeah when when i first saw it i thought um that washington won the trade because i didn't see that there was a first round pick Attached to it as well. I thought, okay, Washington gets Mantha. This is sick. They're going to be an absolute wagon come playoff time. And then I see Vrana going the other way, and I'm like,
1: whoa. And 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 this doesn't change the fact that Washington is still a wagon. They Am are. Am I right? They are. Like it. It, it doesn't change that. Uh, they they also picked up michael raffle today very good depth forward uh they picked him up from philly for fifth round pick so they didn't overpay for michael raffle thank goodness but um yeah i, I just it's uh, th- this was this was a surprising deal for sure. So, anyway, um there we go guys. There's uh the, there is uh, all the deals uh, leading up to not all of them obviously, uh but uh definitely the, the, big the ones. biggest ones uh leading up to deadline day and then uh, the three big ones uh, on uh the actual uh trade deadline day and uh once again you can head over to tsn.ca, check out the trade tracker, catch up on all the deals and uh now we will uh, go into uh, one winner and one loser. Uh, each of us uh, will we'll do that uh, on, uh, on deadline day. So leading up and then after the three o'clock deadline and all of that. So we will start with our winners uh, from trade deadline day and, and leading up to it and all of that, like I said. So, Case, we'll go to you first. Your winner.
2: I hate to say it. Toronto Maple Leafs. They won it this year. <laughs> New it or 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 detroit <laughs> yeah
3: my my winner is the leaves i think they got better at every position um even defense bringing on ben hutton believe it or not as a seven yeah as a, as a depth option bringing in ben hutton to the leaves they got better at every position goaltending right out to to defense and forward so i i think the leafs are are the winners not not clear cut but just in my opinion and trying to be unbiased i think they really are the winners of the
1: trade deadline this year i uh i originally picked the leafs as my winners as well but uh to avoid the the clean sweep and to just kind of uh change it up a little bit Uh, i will go with the florida panthers I, i really like what florida did and it was all about depth for this team and rewarding a team that has played really hard this year exceeded expectations and is in a very good spot one of the top teams in the league they add guys like lucas walmart brandon montour on defense uh nikita gusev Uh, who had his contract terminated by New Jersey. They get him for a million bucks and uh, Sam Bennett as well. I just I I like the depth that they've added um, that uh, that Bill Zito and uh, and company in Florida. I I like what they've done. So uh, they are my winners uh, from the NHL trade deadline and uh, your losers fellas from the deadline. Chad, I'll go to you first.
3: Hmm good question losers (sighs) i hate to say it but the buffalo sabers you have to get a first rounder like i know i said that the team was handcuffed and they were but like come on you got to get a first rounder for taylor hall it sucks but it is what it is that's my loser
2: my loser um i think i every single year when we get to the trade deadline when you ask me to pick a loser i always go with the same theme and it's a team that made make or needed to make a big sl- splash and didn't do anything like that's that's who i always go with as my loser and i'm going to pick the edmonton oilers as the losers this year because that's a tight division and they needed to make a, a big move and toronto and montreal were making all sorts of moves and edmonton they got kulakov and i think that's pretty much it I didn't see their name anywhere else so I think that the Edmonton Oilers are the losers for not making more moves Winnipeg was another team who didn't do as much as they probably
3: should have so there you go
1: Yeah, you know, I, I thought that uh, they'd maybe do something big like a David Savard or a Rasmus Ristolainen just to strength, uh, strengthen the, the back end. And we've been talking about that for a couple of years now. But they just pick up Jordy Ben, a very serviceable bottom pair defenseman, but just not enough in, in that uh, very, uh, very tight North division. So definitely fair. And, and uh, uh, for my loser, guys, I'm going to go with uh, Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis Blues, like you, you, look at this team that has had a hard time scoring goals as of late. They have been very inconsistent, and they are barely hanging on to that fourth spot in the West Division. Uh, they made no moves uh, leading up to and uh, and uh, on trade deadline day, and they had some some guys there that they maybe could have gotten some assets for uh, guys like Tyler Bozak, Jaden Schwartz, and Mike Hoffman nothing happened for the st louis blues so uh what do you guys think about them for my uh my losers on deadline day yeah you know they i heard
2: from uh from an insider that they were actually looking to make a bunch of moves and then they won 9-1 the other night and they went Ah, never mind we're good (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah no i i think it's fair i mean they've got they have some players who they probably could have moved. I know Mike Hoffman's name was out there a lot and you know even a team like the Leafs I think were in on him but they did nothing i think they think that they can still you know contend and and cling on to that fourth spot and, and make the playoffs and maybe make a run again depending how they play so i think that's their mindset and maybe that's why they didn't sell and uh maybe that's why they're also a bit hesitant to make any big splash to bring some players in because they are sort of a, a middling team right now so my thoughts on on, on the blues
1: yeah, no, uh, all uh, all good stuff there, and uh, so that wraps up the uh, the NHL trade deadline talk. And uh, now, just a quick note about uh, our NHL Twenty One custom rosters. Uh, that is something that I was working on today. Um, you know, just looking at all the trades on TSN.ca and and making all those changes, and as well some uh, some changes to some players overall. So you can expect uh, uh, the changes to the rosters from the trades, and uh, also uh, overall changes to uh, uh, some guys like uh, Jason Robertson, for one. Um, He goes up from mid-70s to an 81 overall. Definitely uh, a a good player for the Dallas Stars, third in rookie scoring. And then other guys getting bumped up as well, like uh, Curtis Gabriel, going up from a 70 to a 77 on the San Jose Sharks, and Ross Colton uh, going up from a 73 to a 77 on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we will be rolling out uh, our updated NHL 21 custom rosters very shortly uh, on our website, boysinthebooth.com. And uh, coming up now to wrap up the podcast, uh, we have uh, a long-awaited guest, on Boys in the Booth, and that is Ian Mendez from The Athletic. Uh, We will get to him uh, in just a few minutes, but uh, guys, any last thoughts before we sign off here and and go to uh, an interview with uh, myself and, and Ian Mendez?
2: Oh, good to go. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah,
3: uh, hopefully soon we can get a a full length episode with Ian and we can get, you know, a a full type of interview. This is just a short little segment uh, between him and Harper, you know, chatting about the trade deadline, mostly about the Sens, I believe, and the Leafs as well. So um, it should be good. But like I said, hopefully in the future we can get him on for a full length episode. And Ian,
1: if you're listening to this, that would be fantastic. Thanks so much for listening to episode 80. Here is an interview with Ian Mendez on the Voice in the Booth podcast. You're listening to Boys in the Booth, a local hockey podcast. Joining us now uh, from The Athletic is Ian Mendez. Uh, Ian, it's uh, certainly been a while. A lot has happened. Uh, how are you? Thanks for doing this.
0: Hey, listen! It's uh, great to be back with you, Harper. I always loved uh, doing the hits when I was with uh, twelve hundred uh, with you. So great to uh, great to be back here doing uh, doing this hit again.
1: So uh, today is uh, the NHL trade deadline, and uh, the coverage begins at uh, eight AM on uh, on TSN, and we'll focus on uh, just a couple of teams: uh, the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. They just played a game against each other on Saturday night, a six-five win for the Maple Leafs and uh, one team in particular was in the news over the weekend, the Maple Leafs making two trades with the Columbus blue jackets on Friday, picking up Riley Nash for a seventh round pick. And then the big one on Sunday night, acquiring Nick Foligno and Stefan Nason for a first and two fourths uh, San Jose, getting a fourth round pick in that deal for retaining some of Felino's salary. What do you make of this all in move? by Kyle Dubas and the Toronto
0: please. Well, I'll tell you, Harper, it's, uh, it's exactly what they needed. I think uh, there was some talk that maybe Toronto needed a, um, a top six forward. Maybe they were going to go uh, looking at Taylor Hall. I never thought that was a good fit. I think they have enough skill. What they don't have is enough of these sort of blue-collar, sandpaper, gritty type of guys, which is exactly what uh, you know, Nick Foligno is. And he's, you know, he's 33 years old, uh, Harper, but he comes in uh, with, with a great uh, reputation. And I think what he can do for Toronto – is what uh, guys like Blake Coleman and and um, and Goudreau did for Tampa last year, which was Tampa didn't need more skill. They just needed some depth in the bottom six. And it's a steep price to pay though, right? You're giving up a first round pick uh, essentially for a, a 33 year old veteran. Who's uh, going to be a free agent, but, I like the move. Nick's got uh, wonderful family connections with the Maple Leafs. His dad played there in the early nineties. I think it's a great move. It's a great fit. And um, I don't know that Toronto needs to do anything else, uh, you know, significant here on, uh, on trade deadline day.
1: Uh, once again, Ian Mendez from The Athletic joining us. And uh, we'll move to the Ottawa Senators now, Ian, a team that you follow and cover very closely, of course. And uh, they they made their last move a couple of weeks ago, uh, sending Christian Wolanin, a young defenseman to the L.A. Kings for forward Mike Amadio. And uh, on Friday, in your piece over at TheAthletic.com, you wrote that uh, his arrival has affected Chris Tierney's place on this team, and that's someone who could be moved uh, today uh, during the deadline. Uh, where could you see uh, Tierney ending up possibly?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Harper. You know, if you had told me two weeks ago that Chris Tierney would be on the trade kind of radar, I would have said, I don't see it. He's got another year left, left on his deal. But I, I'll tell you, he there's a couple of uh, moments where he wasn't... Um, You know, playing center. They've got a young kid named Shane Pinto, who's about to come in and play games next week. So you kind of feel like they're ready to hand the keys over to the kids. So I think that if they can trade Chris Tierney and get a defenseman that can help them next year, they would do it. I just, I don't know what that's going to look like, to be honest with you, Harper. And I I think I kind of mentioned this in my piece, Chris Tierney is making $4.2 million in real cash next year. So unless Ottawa eats some of that money or another team jumps in and and buys, you know, eats some of the money, I don't know that they're going to be able to get a ton for for Chris Tierney at that cap hit with his age and his productivity. So it's more of maybe you could trade him out and see if another team has another player in and around the three and a half to four million dollar range that they're not overly enamored with, that's the type of deal I could see happening. Uh, but I think Tierney would be a great fit with a lot of teams. He's been to the Stanley Cup Final before with San Jose. Uh, he's only 27 years old. He's got almost 500 games of experience in the NHL. Uh, he's a quiet veteran, kills penalties, low maintenance guy. I think he could fit anywhere. Um, I just don't. I, I don't think Ottawa can expect or Ottawa fans should expect like a home run type of deal if they move Chris Tierney.
1: Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Chris Tierney. And uh, another guy it'll be interesting to see what happens with and uh, who I wanted to ask you about is Ryan Dezingle, who has been uh, very good for the Ottawa Senators since uh, returning to the nation's capital earlier in the season in a trade with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, There's been talk about maybe an extension in the offseason, given the fact that he is an unrestricted free agent. He's been a rental before. It hasn't necessarily worked out for him. Do you see a possible fit for, for Ryan Dezingle at the deadline?
0: It's it's funny that you mentioned that, that it, it never really fit. He got traded to Columbus a couple of years ago, Harper. It didn't work there. He went to Carolina. It didn't work there. The only place it's ever really worked for Ryan Dezingle is in Ottawa. And so I don't know if there's a part of him that thinks whatever it is in the water in Ottawa, it works for me and I'll stay or if he just knows that he's back here temporarily. The only thing I'll say, Harper, and you've seen this play out in the last couple of days, and I think you'll certainly see it leading up to the 3 p.m. deadline here, uh, that is it's a buyer's market, meaning there's, there's, there's too many players potentially ready to be moved and not enough teams that are willing to take them on. Ryan Dezingle is a great example. In a quote-unquote normal year, I think there'd be a half dozen teams lined up to say, yeah, I'll take Ryan Dezingle as a rental now. Maybe it's one or two teams and I don't know that you're going to get anything back. So if I had to guess here as we're closing in on three o'clock, I'll say yes, they'll move him. But I don't, again, I don't think you're going to get anything more than like a fourth, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, marginal prospect. Uh, You're certainly not going to get the return that you got for Ryan Dezingle two years ago when you traded him to Columbus and got two second round picks and Anthony Duclair.
1: Yeah, it'll be uh, very different uh, in the return this time around if the Senators uh, do uh, decide to move Ryan Dezingle and they can find a home for him. So uh, looking forward to uh, all of the uh, the deadline action today. Coverage begins at 8 a.m. on TSN. Ian, it'll be a very busy day for you as well with The Athletic. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and uh, take care.
0: Yeah, have a great day. Thanks for uh, having me. And yeah, I'm sure that Trade Center coverage on TSN is going to be a lot of fun to watch today. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.